last few weeks on the book of Timothy, and uh, we've been talking about being transformed for a glorious purpose. Can we get that slide up there? Thanks, Michaela. Um, and we talked about from the first week how Paul said to Timothy that his message was about that there is life to be found through faith in Jesus Christ. Without faith, we cannot have the life that God wants for us. He desires that we would know Him. He desires that we would have the life that He created us for. But it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And we talked about how faith is a gift to us. And we talked about how uh, Paul encourages Timothy to to continue in his faith like his mother and his grandmother had. And then we went on to talk about... um, What's the next bit about using our gifts to pass on that message? And we talked about enduring as a good soldier of Christ Jesus because we have been transformed for a glorious purpose. It's not about what we can do for God, it's about what He has done for us. And we want to tell people about that. We want to help people understand the hope that we have in Him. I wonder though if you've ever tried to do something for someone, maybe you've tried to help someone out. Someone's been really, really struggling and you've, maybe at work, you've come up to them and, or maybe you've just even done it quietly for them. You've, you've, you've done all this work for them and you've, you've got it all, like they've had this big assignment to do um, and they're way behind and you've kind of come in and you've done it all for them and all they've got to do is finish off and present it. Or maybe there's someone else who, who's struggled to get a job because, you know, they've made a few bad choices maybe in the past and they've struggled to get work and then you're, you're, you own a business and you've thought, right, I'm going to help this person out and you give them a job and it's all lined up. Or maybe there's someone else who's just struggling with some other situation and they're, they're really, really struggling, they're at a really, really low point and you come along and you do everything you can to help them out. But then that person just walks away. They leave that assignment sitting there, don't even use what you've done. They get given this job by you and then they don't even show up. Or maybe there's a person you've been trying to help and and you do everything for them and then they just walk away as if you never did anything for them. I wonder if you've ever been in that situation or maybe even you've been the person who's had that help but just felt like you couldn't accept it and you've walked away. The reality is that we cannot change or transform anyone. You need to tell yourself that. I cannot change anyone. I cannot fix people's problems. I need to tell myself that. I cannot fix people's problems. I am not the answer to their problem. But we can be used to help them find the answer. And you know, the truth is, we might say we cannot change uh, other people. And some people would say, but we can change ourselves. I would say to you, actually, probably we can't. We try and and change ourselves. We try and start new routines and get fitter and get healthier. And we we can kind of work on ourselves, but we cannot transform ourselves in the way that we would desire to do so often. But the answer is that God can transform you. God knows the person He made you to be and He wants to help you, to change you, transform you and mold you and shape you into the person He created you to be, that you would have life to the full, that you would know life with Him. And it's something you cannot do on your own. You cannot do for yourself, you cannot do for anyone else, but God wants to help you. How good is that? Some of you are a little bit excited. (laughs) Oh well. You know, the, the reality is God doesn't just want to transform you for what you will do for Him either. 
God wants you to be transformed, that you would be the person who He created you to be, that you would know relationship with Him. And this morning, that's the title of what I want to speak about. The title of my message this morning is, Be for His Glory. Simply be for His glory. It's not about be this, so you can do this and do this and do this and do this for God, but be for His glory. You know, you might have noticed in the, in the background of our slides over the series, we've got a picture of a, a, I'm not even totally sure, is it a flower or a butterfly? But this morning I'm going with a butterfly, we could go either way, but uh, if you look at that picture, it's like a butterfly. When does, it, when does a butterfly glorify God? Is it as it... Is it as it comes out of the chrysalis and it kind of opens its wings for the first time? Is that the moment when it most glorifies God? Or is it as it just flies around by the day in the sunshine and just flaps its wings and makes everyone go, oh, isn't that beautiful? Just, you know that moment when you see a butterfly and you just pause even for a millisecond and go, wow, that's cool. Do you have those moments? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, or is it when it lays its egg and it's, it's that little egg with the, the seed of life inside of it? Or is it as the little caterpillar hatches out of the, the egg? Or is it as the caterpillar grows up and just chews and 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 chews? The reality is, a butterfly, a caterpillar, every moment of its existence glorifies God. And God wants us to simply be for His glory. It's not about what you will become one day to glorify God. It's not about what you're going to do tomorrow to glorify God. Let's be for His glory in this moment today. That's what I want to speak about this morning. So let's open the Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you've got your Bible there, in verse 14. I encourage you to bring your Bible. I've, uh, I've actually been using a Bible app recently a little bit just to... It's doing my head in. I really still like my, my paper Bible better, but uh, apps are great. But I encourage you to bring your actual Bible. You can circle stuff so much better. <laughs> anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. It says this. Actually, before I say, remind everyone about these things, I need to remind you what he's saying. Uh, Timothy is being told by Paul uh, about how we are to endure as good soldiers of Christ. And he says about how, you know, if we are unfaithful, as long as we don't deny him, he will never deny us. He will remain faithful. If, even if we are unfaithful, God is faithful to us. And that is amazing. Even though we are unfaithful, he will do not deny us unless we deny him. And he says, go on as a good soldier of Christ. And he says, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can present yourselves to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetes. Don't you love the names? They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth stands firm, like a foundation stone with this inscription, The Lord knows who those who are His, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. 
If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honourable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone. Be able to teach, be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God, who? God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You know, this morning, I really pray that this message will stick in your minds and your hearts for a long time. And I know the reality is that in six weeks' time, if I ask you about this message today, some of you may struggle to remember it, or about any message six weeks down the track, you, you may struggle to remember that message. But if, if there's a powerful visual, you just maybe will remember it in six weeks. Maybe if it really sticks in your mind in six months' time, you'll still remember this message. And you know, if I get the, I think if God just gives me the right thing to help you remember this, maybe in six years, you'll still remember this. And I, and I, I hope and pray that it does. So I'm going to pray that God would do that, and then we're going to look at something together. Yeah, I'm going to pray first, that's right. That's my my message, thanks Rachel. (laughs) God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your desire for us to have life, to know you, to, to become all that you have made us to be. And God, I just pray that you would help us today to to have revelation, Lord, of what it means to be for your glory. God, I just pray that you would speak to people's hearts and minds. And Lord, just let, let us understand everything you want us to understand and, and to go on from this day, growing in our understanding. Whether we remember this message or not, Lord, let us know the truth about who you are and about you, what, what you want to say to us today, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I decided to bring some props. I love my prop bag. I've got some props in here this morning, and uh, you know, Paul says to Timothy about the utensils in a house, and this morning I've brought along one of these, do you have one of them in your house? It's it's, it's a dustpan brush, for anyone who's listened to the podcast, Um, really good for sweeping up little messes, um, and and sweeping things, and maybe getting some cobwebs down, Um, uh, if you're really desperate and you didn't have a toothbrush, you could probably... I'm, I'm, I haven't tried it, but I'm sure it would work. So like, there's one utensil that uh, you may have in your house. Uh, praise God, I do have a toothbrush as well. Um, really good thing for getting, like, you know, when you've been eating meat and you get that little bit of meat stuck in between your teeth there and just flicking it out there. Just, it's real. Who loves brushing their teeth at the end of one of those days when you have furry teeth? Such a good feeling. Like, oh, come on, you be, who hasn't had that feeling? Come on. <laughs> Really good for brushing your teeth, really good for cleaning it up. There's, no, there's another really good purpose for that. Actually, there's a couple of good uses for these. Um, the shower in the grout, the grout in the shower, give it a scrub, just gets right in there. It's pretty good. My tip is don't use the same toothbrush for those things. And the third thing, definitely don't use for the same thing. If you want to clean your bike chain, just, just it's really handy. It gets in the little cracks and gets it all out. Toothbrush, gr- handy little utensil. And we've got, got this one. It's a... 
I was trying to think of the, is, is there an actual name for that? A dishwashing brush thing. Dish brush, dish scrubbing brusher thing. Anyway, good little tool. And this one's got a cool little scraper so you can get the, the, you know, the grimy stuff out of your pan at the end of the day. You like scrape it out and then flick it off with the flicker and good little, good little scrubbing brush. Hopefully you've got one of them in your house. No? Oh well. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> your dishwasher must be really good. Anyway, and then of course, this is the pastry brush. I forgot to bring that one. And then we've all got one of these. Um, we probably hide it away somewhere. The toilet brush. It's like, actually, no, I didn't put it in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I couldn't be bothered going to buy a brand new one and I didn't want to put the dirty one in there. Because I use this bag a bit and I thought, even though I don't actually brush my teeth with this anymore, as I've just given away, I didn't want to put that in there with the toilet brush. I wonder if you can work out why. Um, just imagine for a moment, too, that uh, you, you, your toothbrush, you accidentally, maybe you've been brushing your teeth and walking around the house for some strange reason, and you put your, your toothbrush on the kitchen table, and uh, the only reason I could think of this is if you've got a tablecloth or something on the table, and uh, then someone else comes and shakes the tablecloth later, and somehow your toothbrush gets thrown outside in the garden. And imagine the next day you get up and you go outside and you, you go outside and you, you see out in the garden, oh no, there's my toothbrush. And there's a snail on it. I don't know if you can see like the, the snail snot all over the toothbrush there. <laughs> Is there a technical word for that too? I don't know. But I think if that was my toothbrush, I would just throw it out. Because as much as you might, like you can put it in the dishwasher, you can sterilize it, you can run hot water over it, you can do what you want, but I don't want to use that toothbrush anymore. And especially if it's been in a bag with a toilet brush, I ain't going to use that toothbrush anymore. And I hope this tomorrow or tonight when you pick up your toothbrush and you go to brush your teeth, you thank God for a, a clean toothbrush. Actually, this one's got some dust and hair in it. But hopefully you've got a cleaner toothbrush than that. And I hope this picture sticks in your mind over the weeks and years and decades to come that you remember this toothbrush because you don't want to use a dirty toothbrush. You don't want to use a, a toothbrush that is unclean. Now, God says to us, Paul says to Timothy, keep yourself pure. You'll be a special utensil for honorable use. He says, keep yourself pure and you will be ready for the master to use. Keep yourself pure and you'll be ready for God to use you. Now, there's probably a couple of thoughts that come to mind when I think about that. I think praise be to God for what he has done for us, that we can be pure. But maybe you're thinking, well, I am not pure and the reality is that, that we cannot make ourselves pure. We cannot make ourselves clean and holy and pure before God. The, the, the command to be pure, my point number one this morning, be pure for His glory, can only happen through Jesus Christ. As Josh said, through communion, that it was God's plan from the beginning for Jesus to come and to, to remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. He has taken our sin upon the cross. He, he paid the penalty for our sin so that it could be taken away, that we would be washed clean, that we would be pure through His sacrifice. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are made clean. 
wonder if you've ever been washing the dishes and got thirsty. And you look down at that cup in the water and you're just so thirsty, you just pick up that cup and have a skull. Has anyone ever done that? No, good. That's disgusting. In fact, it makes me almost want to vomit thinking about it. <laughs> but if you, if you picked up that cup, you, you could flick off all the floaties all you wanted. You could try and scoop out the, the goopy bits. But it is not pure water. It is not for drinking. And you can't make that cup of water pure by itself. But, you know, praise be to God, if you go hiking with a guy like Josh, he has these things that makes it pure. It's amazing. He has these little things. You, you pour the water into the little bag and you just, like, squeeze it through this thing. It might take half an hour sometimes. But you, you pump it through the filter and it becomes cl- crystal clear, clean water. Well, actually, sometimes it looks a bit yellow still. It's good, it's good enough. And, and, and this impure water can become drinkable again. You know, the water itself can't make itself pure. But if you have a filter, it can become pure. You know, our lives, we cannot take away our sin. We cannot work hard enough or do enough good things to take away our sin. We have all sinned. We've all disobeyed God. There's no one that I think would even argue that. We've all done the wrong thing. But God so loved the world that Jesus came like a filter for our sin, that he could remove our sin and make us holy and righteous and pure in his sight. That is amazing. It is wonderful. Paul says, be pure. And he says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. He says, you know what? Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Don't go back to that sin. Don't go back to that stuff. Don't go and hang around with people that are doing that stuff if you don't want to do it again. He says, run from that stuff and pursue righteousness. He says, pursue love and faithfulness. Enjoy companionship with those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Come to church. It's in the Bible. It's right there. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord. Join a life group. Enjoy fellowship with those who love God. Catch up with someone and read the Bible together. Enjoy companionship with someone who loves God. Run from those things that cause you to sin. We're probably all aware of different things that are stumbling blocks for us if we hang around with certain people or certain things for too long. Certain people that make us choose things, say things, do things that we know we don't want to do. He says, run from those things. Run from those things. And you know what? Don't just run like a little scaredy cat, but run and know that God wants you to be a bringer of light. And maybe one day we'll raise you up, he'll strengthen you. And maybe one day he'll allow you to bring the light of God back to those people. But don't go back if you're in a place of temptation. That's just foolishness. Maybe that's a word for someone here today. I don't know. He says, be pure. Jesus has made us pure. Jesus has done all that needs to be done for us to be pure. He wants us to have life in him. We've got to continue on in that purity for his glory. Verse 23, Paul says to Timothy, 
He says, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be, must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth, and perhaps God will change those people's hearts. Don't get involved in the arguments. Don't get involved in the fights. He says, be kind for his glory. Be kind there's so many times when I think, God, help me be more kind. I had a little saying as I woke up last year, and I'm just thinking, can I remember it all? One of them was be kind. God, help me be kind. God, help me be calm. I can't remember the third one. Anyway, you know, we can do so many things, and, and, and the actions are almost the same, but we can have an attitude of kindness or we can do it without the attitude of kindness, and it totally changes the way we do the things we do. He says, don't get involved in foolish arguments and, and quarrels and fights, but be patient, teach, and gently instruct. In verse 14, he goes on and he says, stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. You know, I, I read that, and I think that's a challenge. Because words are important. Words are, are really important. And you know, sometimes, sometimes people get led astray subtly. People get led astray and, and a word is twisted and a meaning of something is twisted. And people get led astray when words are interpreted wrongly. But we're not to fight and quarrel over words. So I think where's the balance in that? We need to teach, we need to gently instruct those who maybe are interpreting something wrongly. If someone is, is reading something and they think it means this thing, but you know it means this thing because that does not line up with God's Word, we need to gently instruct that person what is true and right. But we don't start a fight. We don't start an, a, a quarrel, an argument that ruins other people's faith. Let's never, let's never fight a fight to win the argument. If we're going to fight a fight, let it be a fight for faith that that person might be won over to God. Don't fight the fight. Don't argue the argument if it's just about winning your argument. Have the discussion so that they might understand the hope you have in Jesus and let God do the transforming. Don't fight over words. And I mean, it doesn't happen in church because we all know Jesus. That's really a bad joke, maybe. <laughs> it happened in Paul and Timothy's day, and it's going to happen in our day. It's a struggle. We're people. We're all growing in our faith. We're all growing in our understanding. But let's be kind. Let's be gentle. Let's be humble and patiently teach one another. He goes on, and he says in verse 15, Work hard, Timothy. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Whose approval? God's approval. Not that person, not that group of people, God's approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. I was looking at a few different translations of that original Greek word that's translated work hard and it talks about endeavor. It's really talking about being diligent. It's not just about work hard, Timothy, so you can show that you're a good Christian boy. He's saying, 
Timothy, be diligent in this. Study God's Word so that you will live and honour Him in your life, Timothy. Endeavour to do this. Don't get distracted, Timothy. Be a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Endure, be diligent, work hard so that you will not get distracted and led astray. And that's a word for us today too, church. Don't get involved in worthless, evil talk. Don't get involved in gossip or slander or rumours because it spreads like cancer and it turns people away from the truth. You know, I think it's one of the saddest things on earth when you see a church at war with itself. God, keep us from that. To see churches arguing and fighting, it's got to be the biggest turn-off to anyone thinking about faith in Jesus Christ. It's not God's way. Let's be kind, let's work hard and endeavour and be diligent to honour and be gentle and be kind and honour one another as we honour Christ. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, that there is life and there is death in the power of the tongue. There is life and there is death in the power of the tongue. I wonder which one our tongue speaks more of. God, help me even more to speak words of life every day, to be kind. I want to be more kind. I want to be just oozing kindness and love to people. Even when things aren't going my way, when life is hard, when I'm tired, when I'm getting a bit hangry, I want to be kind. I want to be, I want to be gentle. I want to be patient. God, help us to grow in these things. We can't change ourselves. But as we look to Him, as we trust Him, as we ask Him, we can know that He desires and He will grow these things in us. And church, point number three, let's be ready. Be ready. That's really... (laughs) Let's be ready. Just think about the toothbrush again for a moment. Think about the toothbrush. If you had your toothbrush out there sitting in the garden, ready for you to use, it's going to take a little while before you're ready to put that thing in your mouth, I hope. Like, you know, I've heard stories about when, when actually it was probably back in my youth leadership days and how the difference between guys and girls is that when the, toothbrush come, the toothpaste comes off your toothbrush when you put a bit of water on, the guys will scoop it back out and the girls will get more toothbrush. Is that... Is that, is that Toothpaste, I mean. Is that true? Well, I don't do that. So <laughs> I don't think it's true. But I want to, let's, let's be people that are ready to use. That God is, are ready for God to use for His glory. You know, we can't do things for God in our own strength. But we can make ourselves available. We can choose to live a life that honors God. We can choose to run from temptation and pursue righteousness and be an instrument ready to be used for His glory. As you pick up your toothbrush each day and you go to brush your teeth, you say, thank you God, I have a toothbrush that's ready to be used and God help me to be ready to be used for your glory today. I want to ask you this morning, whose hands are you in? Whose hands are you in? Are you a toothbrush in your own hands? Because if you are, you're going to get dropped, you're going to get on the floor, you're going to get in the dirt, you're going to get muck on you. And God still loves you. But you're going to miss out on some opportunities for God to use you. And you know, the, the, the greatest joy in being that instrument ready for God to use is that we be the person God created us to be. And that's when life works best. 
you know, I talked about using a toothbrush to clean your bike chain. You know, after I've done a few Ks on my bike and I get out and I clean the chain and it's, it's just put some new oil on it and sort of give it a nice little massage and get it all ready to go. You get on the bike and it's just so smooth and it just makes me smile. <laughs> it's like it's just so quiet. You just hear the hum of the wheels and it's just nice. Now, that's God's desire for you, that you would be oiled and you would be clean and you would be ready to just enjoy life with Him. It's not that then you can do more Ks and and do more things for God. Sure, that might happen, but you can enjoy the life that God has for you as His instrument, as one He created and He loves. I'm going to ask the band to come. I just want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you so much that even though we sin, Lord, before we even thought of you, Christ came and you died on the cross for our sin. God, we are so, so thankful. But Lord, we do not deserve all that you have done for us, Lord God, but you have made the way for us to be pure. That you have taken our sin upon the cross to make us clean and holy and righteous in your sight. And God, I pray that you would help us to be your people, be a church that do not treat your your grace as meaningless, God. Help us not to just go on in sin, but God, help us to run from sin and to pursue the righteousness, the life that you have for us, God. Lord, help us endure like a good soldier the, the, the calling you have for us, God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to, to be holy and to God to be kind to know, Lord God, that we are no better than anyone else, to just gently and patiently walk with those who are struggling. Lord, we know that we cannot change anyone, Lord. But God, we ask that you might use us, that we would be ready for you to use, Lord God, and that we could live for your glory. Thank you, God, for the privilege it is to be for your glory, God. Lord Jesus, I just pray for anyone here today who... Maybe they've never acknowledged or understood or accepted what you have done for them upon the cross. God, I just thank you that your word says that anyone who calls on your name will be saved. Lord Jesus, I just pray today for those people. That even right now, Lord, anyone who in their heart says, God, please forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. That God, the moment we pray that prayer, we are forgiven. And we just thank you today, Lord. I thank you for anyone today who's praying that prayer in their heart, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, that they are a new creation in you, that the old is gone, the new has come. We are holy and righteous and blameless in your sight. And Lord, no matter how much we we do struggle, we, we mess up in this life, that God we don't lose our salvation, God. We don't lose our, our, our righteous standing before you because of our failures, God. But you remain faithful. And we just want to say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your amazing love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. If there's any-